Nevertheless, I did not persist. <laughs> if only I was Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> wow. No one's ever said that before. A I brand mean, new human sentence. I have thought it a lot. I've never said it out loud. And let me tell you, it didn't feel good. But you know what does feel good? Christmas. <laughs> Is that your tr- are we recording? We are now, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I hear those sleigh bells ringling, jing, jing, jingling. <laughs> A lovely weather for a sleigh riding together with you. What's up? <laughs> it's the bonus feed. We're back. Worst week yet. You know the show. You know what you're in for. Buckle up, motherfuckers. It's the goddamn holidays. That's right. We got you a little gift, and we didn't even bother wrapping it. We didn't have to. It's audio. How do you even wrap a sound? (laughs) Don't ask Big Bake that, actually. Uh, Could we we release like a Worst Week Yet cassette tape? Perfect to stuff in a stocking of somebody that you either love or hate. <laughs> and it should just be like it should just be like a random episode so that it's just like news that's like 17 <laughs> months old when you get the tape. We're still talking about the submarine. Just kidding. We always talk about the submarine. So uh, I've got Kennedy here for your bonus, you know, leaning in for the bonus feed, but we have a guest, a first timer. Welcoming to the show, um, she is the host, or the co-host of the How Have You Not Seen This? Is it How Have You Not Seen or How Have You Not Seen This? How have you not seen? How have you not seen podcast? So little, drop the this. It's drop the this. It's cleaner. You <laughs> okay, know that Tim was our. Blake. Okay, cheese. My bad. <laughs> Welcome, Caroline, to the show. <laughs> Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for responding to my tweet. (laughs) (laughs) You are so welcome. (laughs) Yeah, there was a long time whenever I made a real priority of like, we have to like book guests like three, four weeks out, you know, make sure we always have a schedule. And then I was like, man, like this is hard. And like people always fucking flake. We've had so many people be like, yeah, I'll do the show. And then the day comes and like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I got I'm like, I can't delay this. It's a weekly show. So, you know, at this point, I'm just like, Somebody want to do it? Yes or no? It's fine. You know. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, it's the holidays, and so I'm currently, uh, you know, I'm currently traveling. I'm I'm home at my family's house, uh, and everyone's gone. So I was just <laughs> like, I saw your thing, and I'm just like, I've got I've got a couple hours during the day tomorrow. I could do that. That wait, sounds wait, fun. Wait, wait, wait. You're at your family's house, but everybody is gone. Did you get home alone, Caroline? <laughs> I did not. Um, yeah. I, I did not get home alone, but I am afraid that I'm going to get skinnamarinked. Honestly, that was my first thought. Oh, um, right. no. You just broke one of the core rules of this podcast. We do not mention skinnamarink. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> then, then never mind. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, we only mentioned the off brand version, Stolamarol. <laughs> We we will uh, get into a little bit of Marinky do, but here's the thing. Yeah, Skin and Marink, it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I hated it so much. We podcast about it, and it it was I don't know. I I, I it is. I think I think Andrew Hillary almost broke up our friendship yeah. after them. <laughs> Kennedy, did you like? Were you? Were you, Did you like Skinnerink? No, were you? Okay. No, I just. Th- I just think the fact that I asked him to watch it at all was almost gotcha. too, too much. Yeah. I see, I see. Yeah, we have a habit of, I mean, we'll, we, sometimes we watch movies that are bad in a very particular kind of way. Like, we're not just like, oh, let's watch like the corny bad, like trying to be bad. We're not going to watch Sharknado, but we do watch uh, a lot of movies that are like, uh, like thinly, but also not at all veiled right wing propaganda. Those are my favorite kind. Um, they're so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like these movies that are about like, oh, China did a bio t- or a, a, a cyber 9-11 or whatever. <laughs> it's like, this is fucking sick, dude. Um, we're also <laughs> we're also going to be doing an episode about a movie that I watched the other night. Uh, this will be coming shortly. This is something to look forward to in the new year, patrons. Uh, we are going to be covering a film called Mermaid Down, which is one of the craziest fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. It's like a brief plot synopsis. 
Um, it's girl interrupted, but the girl is a mermaid, and also there's a ghost. <laughs> it's fucking interesting. It's crazy. I can't wait, but you know what? You're gonna have to wait till next year, listeners. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait a while. We're gonna, you know, that's called foreshadowing. Um, and it, but that's not why we're here. It's the goddamn holidays right now. You know, I might watch that movie this year and then review it next year. So I hope I remember what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 2024, that's a long, that's next year. Yeah. (laughs) This ain't no 2023 kind of podcast. Anyways, it's the fucking holidays, and we are here to talk to you about uh, a movie that really captures the essence of the the season. (laughs) Really? Uh, It's called It's a Wonderful Knife, and... Uh, this is, you know, the portion of the podcast where I will say, uh, we're gonna spoil the movie and, uh, without giving too much away, I think I would say, go watch this one. Sometimes we're like, don't bother. I would say probably watch this one. Uh, cause if, when we talk about how it ends, it's yeah. Um, but it was also, uh, I would say it was enjoyable. I'll say that. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, I think you should definitely go watch this before you listen to this if you haven't done so already. Um, We're going to necessarily spoil the heck out of the major twists. And uh, it's 100% a movie worth your time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I will say, before we dive into that, uh, what... What are some of you guys' favorite uh, holiday movies? Do 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 you have anything that really sticks out, something you want to watch every year? Mean Girls. Okay. Fucking hell yeah. That's a good one. They they do the Jingle Bell Rock dance. They it's do. a Christmas movie. It sure is. Um, I just saw that there's a, pr- uh, a, a an ad for the new Mean Girls that's coming out, which I think is a musical. I don't even know. It is. Yeah. It's, the, it's a film adaptation of the Broadway musical, which is an adaptation of the film, which is an yeah. adaptation of the book. Yeah. So apparently Tina Amazing. Fey and Tim Meadows are in the movie again, and they're just the same character. So I think that this is actually a sequel that is also just a retelling of the story. Like, the 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 promo was like Tim Meadows. It was like the Burn Book, and it was like you know a couple of the young actors that are playing teenagers in the movie. And then it, there was Tim Meadows, and it was like this guy's still here. And it's like wait a minute, wait a minute. So twenty years after the events portrayed in the film Mean Girls, <laughs> Tim Meadows and and uh, Tina Fey both are still working at the same school, and another fucking incident of mean girliness happens except this time their songs what the fuck <laughs> i i don't understand why is it the same people it's a beautiful you know i want to live in that universe ah. yeah well and i think too because like tina fey um Tina Fey was involved in the Broadway musical. I'm sure she just has those, like, I'm sure, I think she just has her hands in the rights for all of this, that, like, because she produced the original film, they needed her. And I think she worked on the musical, too. Like, I think she, like, co-wrote it. But, like, so then she had the rights to that. And then in order to make this, they had to get her blessing again. So I think she just kind of keeps getting grandfathered into the adaptations of Mean Girls, apparently. I mean, I wow, she wrote the screenplay for the upcoming 2024 Mean Girls. If you write the screenplay for a musical, does that mean you write the songs too? No, um, not yeah, necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. Exactly. Okay, I don't know how musicals work. If I'm if I'm gonna be perfectly honest with the two of you, and I guess <laughs> all of our patrons here, um, I think musicals are dumb. And <laughs> it's I, just I'm like, actually kind of in the same boat. I don't really like musicals. Something about watching a dramatic scene whenever like something important will happen that in the context of like the universe that this these events are taking place, this has emotional weight to the people involved. And then like something serious will happen and then somebody just starts singing a little song. I'm like, this is dumb. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if anybody in real life reacted that way? It's just, it's, it takes me out of it. It takes me out of it. It's silly and I don't like it. Um, no, no disrespect to any of our theater, theater patrons. Um, if we have any, Caroline, how do you feel about musicals? 
Um, I have a degree in theater, so I'm, oh, I am pro musical. <laughs> I am indeed pro musical. I'm, I'm actually the rare, for the record, I am actually a theater person, but I'm the rare anti musical theater person. <laughs> I like acting, I like singing. I don't know why we're trying to mix them up. Yeah. I'm not putting gravy on my spaghetti. Don't put, yeah, don't Those put, two things wait, are great, they're fine. Wait, hang on. Maybe I do want gravy on my spaghetti. Okay, if I'm being honest. <laughs> But no, I res- respect respect to getting a degree in theater. That is. Um, oh no! Please do not respect that. Please that absolutely is, uh, do, uh, not. <laughs> do not. Do I mean, that. I was gonna I was gonna maybe go somewhere scathing, but I wasn't sure how scathing to go because I don't know you. But uh, th- th- you did it for me, so that makes it easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, do you have a favorite uh, holiday movie? Um. Recently, the last few years, I mean, growing up, so I'm from Ohio. So growing up, it was a Christmas story all the way. Okay, um, nice. of course. But as, and, and it's, that's a film that I love and enjoy and am very nostalgic for. But as I've grown up, I've kind of just been like, why this one? Um, so in the past few years, I will say, and again, it's a musical. So sorry to bring it up. But in the last few years, um, edit, edit, I've been. Edit this out, Gravy. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing um, Meet Me in St. Louis for the last few years, the Judy Garland um, film. Oh. Um, and then also, I just, I will say um, for my podcast, a uh, quick plug over for that. Um, we do, I mean, the, the title is How Have You Not Seen? Um, and so each week, me and my co-host, we pick a movie that the other one hasn't seen. Um, and we make them watch it. And then we talk about it. Um and this year, uh, it would have just come out. We did an episode on It's a Wonderful Life because I had never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Like, I had never sat down and watched it from top to bottom. And hot take, um, that movie's fucking great. Like, the original It's a Wonderful Life is, like, hot take really good and a great movie and should be watched every year at Christmas time. Huh. I also have never seen It's a Wonderful Life. And this is one of the things uh, that I wanted to talk about because when I sat down to watch It's a Wonderful Knife, um, I was like, okay, this is a pun and a Christmas movie and it looks like people get murdered. I'm fucking in. That's all I I (laughs) did. That's all it took. Like, honestly. Really, truly. They had me just at a pun. Like, (laughs) I didn't need anything else. I'm like, okay, silly, clever title. Yeah, yeah, you sent me the name of this movie. I was like, sure, I'll watch that. I don't need any further information. That was mm-hmm. my feeling. Um, I want to shout out one more Christmas movie. Uh, my friends have a tradition of watching a movie called The Twelve Pups of Christmas. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a Hallmark movie. Um, it's one of the it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, but I want to give a special shout out to the 12 Pups at Christmas because in particular, one of the most amusing parts of it is that I'm not exactly sure how many pups there were. <laughs> Supposedly, it starts with 12 pups that have to be given away before Christmas. But then that number seems to keep increasing. There's one point in particular where I'm sure, I'm sure I was doing the math. They had given away 12 pups. But then there were still a few more pups that had to be dealt with. Very <laughs> mystifying situation all the way around. <laughs> also, even though it's called the 12 Pups at Christmas and is ostensibly about these puppies who need to be given away, you actually see the puppies very little. It's mostly about these people who are very <laughs> annoying. Shout out 12 Pups. Never forget. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> so I guess I might watch that again next year since it's a tradition that my friends have that moved here uh, yeah, uh, relatively recently. I will um, say my favorite Christmas movie, it's pretty basic, but I think it's a fun one. Uh, just Christmas Vacation. It's, you know, I like seeing I like seeing that asshole Chevy Chase. I like seeing the, the kids, Audrey and the <laughs> Rusty and... Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, you know, it's just all around good. I like that the boss is a prick. I think it's Eddie Murphy's brother. Uh, fucking cousin Eddie, you can't beat it. Uh, I don't know. My, <laughs> I haven't really kept up with any of the other stuff that that actor has been doing lately, but in that movie, he's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't uh, know. I, I want to say one last thing about holiday movies, which is that I'm a Jew, and Jewish holiday <laughs> movies are a, are a disaster. Um. Uh. Uh. We we get shafted. So you're okay. pro Hamas, is what you're saying. Uh, 
I'm saying Hamas could make a holiday movie and maybe that would change people's <laughs> minds because we certainly don't have one to convince anyone of anything. Uh, uh, the, like, the horrifying facts of Jewish holiday movies is that Eight Crazy Nights might be the best <laughs> Jewish holiday movie. That's horrifying to just have to say or face as a reality. Um, also... Uh, the Hebrew Hammer has to probably land in the top 10. And if you haven't seen that movie recently, like if you only have fond memories of it, keep it that way. Because I tried to watch it a couple of years ago, and it's like one of the most problematic movies I've ever seen. I couldn't finish it. Um, so, okay, here's uh, a... still, I still can't take it out of the top 10 because that's how bad the choices are. <laughs> okay, here's a pitch. If any of our listeners are uh, big time Hollywood producers... Which how how the hell did that happen? Uh, here's a pitch: um, a Jewish a Jewish Christmas movie. Uh, so it is a movie about Jewish people that takes place on Christmas. And check it out. Here's what they're doing: it's a fucking heist movie because they're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's tied up with Christmas. They yeah, banks are closed. That's <laughs> time to work. They think we're just gonna go to the movies. No, 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 no. We're gonna steal. I don't know the Mona Lisa or something. It's just anything. It doesn't matter. Fill in the rest of the details. Fucking get Nicolas Cage in there. I don't care. Uh, I like that. I think that's a great pitch for a movie. Yeah. See, this is especially once you, before you added Nicolas Cage in. I was like, eh. <laughs> then once you said Nicolas Cage, I was like. That's Nicholas Cage money. is like the security guard at the Louvre who has to work on Christmas and he's fucking miserable. And he's also not a French guy, but he works at the Louvre for some reason. And his, his Christmas marriage is like <laughs> hanging by a thread. <laughs> hanging by a thread. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways. <laughs> Uh, Wait, is this the plot of National Treasure? <laughs> it's the it's the prequel. Um, <laughs> so, it's a wonderful knife. Uh, first of all, um, this movie was made by director Tyler McIntyre, who also made one of my like favorite movies that I don't think many people liked, which is called Freaky. Uh, have, I don't know. Have we talked about Freaky before on the pod, Kennedy? I don't think we have, but I'm glad that we're going to. Okay, so Freaky is it's an incredible movie. It's so the original title they weren't allowed to call it this, but the original title was Freaky Friday the Thirteenth. So it's literally just. <laughs> oh my god, does, that's so funny! It's the <laughs> movie is just somebody that's does a Freaky is, Friday yeah. with a serial killer who's played by fucking Vince Vaughn, and the other. The other, the person who Freaky Fridays is like a teenage girl. And so Vince Vaughn has to play a teenage girl after the swap happens. And it's so fucking funny. I, Vince it Vaughn's, is really good. Vince Vaughn's a piece of shit, but he's fucking great at it. Like, it's such can, a fun movie. Yeah. Can I offer a slight correction? Yes. Not to be that bitch, but can I correct you on your own podcast? So <laughs> this movie wait, 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 and wait. Freaky. <laughs> Are you fact checking me? Because uh, here's the thing. We do not research on this show. Do we not if, do that? Okay. If you, already, <laughs> if you already know the information, I will accept it. But if you're Googling something right now, I will end the Zoom call. No, 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 no. It is not. It is not a. It is not a fact check. Okay, okay, okay. But, <laughs> um, so they're they're written. I knew I because I looked this up last night while I was watching the movie. Um, yeah. they're, so they're written by the same person. They're both written by Michael Kennedy, but they have two different directors. So oh, Tyler okay. McIntyre did this one, and then I'm not sure the director of Freaky, but it's okay. not the same director. Okay. Well, but okay. it is the same writer. It is the same yeah. screenwriter. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that. I guess that makes sense. Like, I don't even, I don't know much about what a director does, but the, the, the story, the story is kind of like, not at all similar, but like, oh, let's just take like a concept everybody kind of knows and then just put a serial killer in it, which is dope. It's great. And that's like, that's Freaky Friday the 13th. Like I said, they're like, let's do Freaky Friday, except one of the people in the body swap is a serial killer. And this is like, let's do It's a Wonderful Life. And just, there's a fucking serial killer. Like, just do that to more stuff. Michael Kennedy, do this to everything. <laughs> like, like, I want to see a Fast and the Furious movie, but there's a serial killer. I don't oh, know. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. There's no I, limit to this. I will, I will watch, I, I'll watch any, you can make almost any Fast and the Furious movie and I'll watch it though. So, you know. It would be the first um, Fast and the Furious movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> what? I've never seen a fast. I've never seen a furious. 
Okay, we got to fix that in 2024. Caroline, are you going to uh, step in and say, how have you not seen? <laughs> I mean, I could. I mean, I wasn't going to, but I all I will say is, all I will say is, um, I highly recommend them. And I do think um, I am with Kennedy on this. I think that you should absolutely rectify that. Okay. Also, if I'm ever going to get you into Gundam, we have to start with Fast and the Furious because Fast and the Furious is a prequel to Gundam. <laughs> I had Gundams whenever I was like 13, okay? I know about Gundam. <laughs> I know all about Gundam. Me and my little sister had a plan for what our Gundams were going to look like whenever we got old <laughs> enough to to buy one. When they one. were real, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's dope. So um, it, It's a Wonderful Knife. Uh, first I, of all, I do want to say that I have never seen It's a Wonderful Life. And as I was watching this movie, I realized that I already kind of knew the story of It's a Wonderful Life from um, Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> I was sitting there watching this. I was like, wait, this, this story's kind of familiar. Like, oh, what would the world be like if you didn't exist? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I know what this is from. It's from a Muppet's Christmas Carol. And then I looked it up and it's like, oh, yeah, a Muppet's Christmas Carol adapted. It's a wonderful life. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the cool things that this one of the interesting things about this movie is that um because everybody thinks of it's a wonderful life and i certainly thought this too until um i watched it recently <laughs> is that like the whole that whole pitch of like oh yeah it's a movie about a guy who is like uh, you know he's about to kill himself and the angel comes down and says no this is like what you're this is what the world would be like if you were never born uh, if you were never born like this is what the world would be like if you weren't in it and like you think of that as like the premise of that movie, but really that's only like the last like half hour. Like really? the first, like yeah, the first two-thirds yeah. of the movie is it's really cool because you like you see his entire life up until that point. Huh. So that like when you do go back and you hit those, like, this is what it would be like without you, like those things hit a lot harder, which I thought was really cool in this movie because I didn't look up anything about this movie before um before I watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, just, I just knew the title and just from being in the Twitterverse, I knew that it was like Michael Kennedy's follow-up to Freaky. And, um, it was one of those things where I didn't actually know if this was going to be a, it's a wonderful life, but kind of like parody or pastiche or whether it was just, or whether that was just a clever title that they were going with because it's a holiday movie with a, with a slasher. Yeah. So when it gets to the point in the movie, which we're going to get into spoiler territory here. Um, it's like the cold open is like the murderer goes on a rampage. She kills the murderer. That all happens before the title. And also, I, I was, was like, like, how is this movie? Did Is it over? <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, wait, what's going on? Cause I thought it was going to be a straightforward, not a straightforward slasher necessarily, but like, I kind of thought it was going to be a slasher when all of that was before the credits. I was like, Oh, holy shit. Because I then knew that they were going to do the like, what would the world be like if you were never born? And then we get into that, like, oh, by the way, you never stop the killer. And I think that that's such a really fun premise to like, to, to go with. Um, Cause as soon as she like gets transported to the alternate reality where she never killed the killer and you just see like everything fucking sucks. Cause that's how it's a wonderful life is. It's like, he saves the town by like being a good dude essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, when you get there and like, you see like, you know, you see the places more run down. You see like there's the police sirens everywhere. You're just like, Oh my God, this is a movie about how she never stopped the killer. And I think that's a really, really great premise for a movie. It really is. And the other part that it's impressive is that, I started to wonder, okay, is it going to be like mostly a slasher? But it's actually still a solid Christmas movie. Like, absolutely. It, it, it actually works on both genre fronts. Uh, like, it works as a slasher overall and it works as a Christmas movie. There's a couple of small plot holes that I, I, I'll address at some point um, okay. that may keep it from being like perfect, in my opinion. But uh, I think overall, it's really good it's actually like just so fun and it's a very smart mashup yeah i kind of went into it thinking the same thing i was like okay <clears throat> this is just a slasher movie with a clever title now i didn't know what it's a wonderful life was about but 
Yeah, once I realized what was going on, because it, it was very jarring. Like I started the movie and I was like, "Oh, the killer's already here." Did I did I start in the middle for some reason? <laughs> like, oh, she, the killer's dead. What the fuck is happening? Um, I will say. Yeah, I remember my partner and I looked at each other and we were like, "Okay, th- that good movie, it's over." <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, one of the things that I think is most perfect about this movie is the casting of Justin Long. Holy fucking shit! Now Justin Long. Bit, he's, he hasn't had a great year uh, in the press, but like, man, is he the right guy for this role? <laughs> like, oh no! What happened? What did Justin Long do? Are we canceling Justin Long? I don't fucking know. I think so. I ah, uh, that is a bummer. I think something. Whenever Jonah Hill was in trouble uh, for being like a weird controlling freak, something came out that like Justin Long was trying to fuck teenagers or something, or did I don't fucking know. But it's it's all just kind of background noise. But. Uh, yeah, he between Barbarian and this, like he's really found a niche of playing like the smarmiest dude in a movie. And like this one, he was <laughs> it was so over the top, but like it fit within the movie, like within the context of it. I thought it was such a he was perfect for the role. Yeah, absolutely. After watching this last night, I tweeted like I'm so stoked for the fact that there is going to be like a generation of teenagers that like knows Justin Long as like a weird freak from like genre movies. (laughs) And they're going to like go back in time and like, you know, and, and watch things in his early career when people tried to like use him very straight. Um, and be like, what the fuck? Like, that's the guy, like, that's the guy from Barbarian. Like, that's the guy from, uh, that's the guy from It's a Wonderful Knife because he plays like weird arch characters really, really well. And if you like scroll back to like, you know, if you go back to the beginning of his career, like doing like Jeepers Creepers and Accepted and like all of these things where he's supposed to be like the straight guy that you kind of like, you know, like you're every guy, the guy that like, you know, he's like your best friend or whatever. It's like, he was never bad in in that role, but it's so cool that he's leaning into this like weird freak era of his life. I do. I will say he was also perfectly cast as the doctor in idiocracy. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's all fucked up. Uh, What I do is like, you, you know, man, you know, (laughs) (laughs) i liked him in that role but uh yeah so movie kicks off and then uh you know she kills the killer which well actually wait can we we take a slight step back because i just want to point out that like this whole intro segment it's like we meet the we meet justin long the sleazy mayor we get introduced to the fact that the main character's dad works for him and it's not always a great working relationship in terms of he's just getting jerked around a bit. The smoky man from the X files has some (laughs) is somehow been like 85 for the last 40 years and is in this movie. Uh, and, uh, is a stubborn old grandpa that doesn't want to sell out. So the big mega mall can get built. Uh, uh, and, uh, this whole initial arc that leads up to Justin Long killing grandpa and his granddaughter, who is our main character's best friend. And then him getting killed and it being revealed actually does like follow like a perfect little structure all unto itself. And I do think that that's very cool and impressive. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you get a whole setup and there's some tension and some stakes and a big reveal. And it's like a whole little mini plot. Yeah. And so cool. Um <clears throat> so Winnie Carruthers, uh, she takes out the evil killer Justin Long. And then, you know, like life everything kind of just leaves her behind. Like everything, you know, everybody moves on with their life. She's all traumatized, her best friend died, but like everybody else is doing great. And so like uh, In fact it's it's pretty much great for everybody that this guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, like, a year goes by, and it's next Christmas, and she's all sad, and the family gets together, and the dad, you know, they they love the son, because he's the, you know, star quarterback and whatever, and, you know, she's, everything's, uh, they're taking care of him, they get him a brand new truck, and her boyfriend's cheating on her with, with her friend or something, everything's fucked up, and so she's like, man, fuck this shit. 
I wish I'd never been born. What, what would it be? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the Aurora Borealis is like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets zapped into the existence, uh, the alternate universe where she never existed. And uh, she doesn't handle well. Justin Long's just been killing for a year. <laughs> or has he? Oh. So she goes to this new universe and she's like, she just keeps like being like, oh, where's my brother? Oh, where's my, my aunt's wife? Oh, where's the, it's like, oh no, they, they've all been murdered in the last year. And like, this is so wild that I think they said like 27 or 25 people had been killed in the yeah. last year. And everybody in that town is still just kind of chilling. Like, like it's dire economic straits, but like, nobody's like really that panicked. <laughs> like the mayor justin long is now the mayor which i don't know if he was the mayor prior but he's now the mayor and he's like oh yeah there was another murder tonight but like don't worry we've got our best and brightest working on it you know it's gonna be fine everything's gonna be fine like (laughs) and that seems to work for the town they're like all right dude you got this we know you you we know you're taking care of us i Uh, mean to be fair they're all pretty depressed yeah (laughs) like smoking crack (laughs) <laughs> they're just waiting for it. They're like, oh, yeah, no, if you're not going to catch the killer, that means I might be next and I could finally leave this town. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's kind of the thing, too, is like, so not to like jump so, so, so far ahead. But then when we get to like the final scene where she has the final showdown with um with Justin Long, it's like it's I mean, it's beyond implied. It's pretty like clearly shown, but it's never really like delved into that apparently like she has some kind of like mind control over the people of the town. You know, it's like, it's like they all have like the white eyes. And then when she like starts showing that he's just like some fallible asshole and beating him up, they like start to break out of it and start to fight back. And so it's kind of that thing of like, they never really get into it, but it's a little, it's a little weird how that just kind of comes in at the very end. Yeah. Like not only was he a murderer and a, you know, exploitive capitalist freak, but he was also apparently a warlock or something like, (laughs) right, right, right. right. (laughs) Yeah. So like, yeah, it's like, and I, I I feel like that's kind of my, um, I kind of feel like that's my biggest (laughs) critique of the whole movie, which I do overall, like, like I did enjoy overall, but I feel like, I feel like so much of it is very perfunctory in terms of just like they just kind of move from scene to scene to beat to beat. And they don't really like really like take time and live in a lot of it. Um, And I think the screenplay is really, really clever. Like I think there are several moments like that have really effective narrative twists but then they just jump into the next scene. That's just kind of like an exposition dump. That's kind of just like there for, you know, I guess your benefit, but it's not particularly like engaging or propulsive. And then you're kind of like, Oh, I kind of wish we like got into that a little bit more. Um, Cause when we got to the end and there's like the mind, con- the whole mind control element of it, I was like, Oh, like that would have been cool to kind of, really like dive into and uh, kind of explore um, this kind of like metaphor going on of like, you know, the, the rich capitalist who owns the town, who, uh, which is very, it's a wonderful life. Like that's the whole thing is the yep. the bad guy on the Hill is like trying to buy up everyone in town, you know? And it's like, I think that there's a fun metaphor that can be kind of like traced there, but they don't really get into it. They're just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, he has mind control powers. At least, like, at least show him mask. putting some fluoride in the water or something. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A huge, a huge jug labeled estrogen. <laughs> He's just pouring no, that. No, 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 no. It just says gender supply. on it. It just okay, says gender. Yeah, you read it. it just says gender. <laughs> you can vaguely see estradiol has been scratched out. <laughs> so I think we can all conclude uh, that this town has been infected with the woke mind virus. That's what's going yeah, on here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, obviously, right. clearly. Yeah, the woke mind virus gets them all. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to, uh, you know, so like continuing on, she she's, she goes to her family's house and she's like, Dad, and the guy, and Joel McHale's like, 
I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> He's like, I don't know you, lady. You're not my daughter. I don't. I had one kid. Now I have zero kids. And so she gets like hit with like, oh my god, the fact that I was never born means my brother got murdered. That's so fucked up. And then um, she goes to a party or something, and uh, nobody nobody wants to hear her bullshit except for weirdo. Um, which is the name that they call this girl who's, I guess, kind of weird. Uh, so Okay, this is actually, this is one of the plot points I wanted to complain about a little bit. Mm-hmm. This, this girl, Bernie, that they call weirdo, first of all, they really do nothing to justify why everyone seems to sort of dislike her or be mean to her. Yeah. Um, like, and not that it needs to be justified in the sense, like, she has to have done something wrong, but just, like, why are all these people so mean, like, what made all these people decide that like this is the person that we're ostracizing you know it's just like not in any way addressed and that could be fine potentially except that objectively this actress is like i mean she looks like one of the young women who was considered one of the hottest people at my high school (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like she was like it's it's just a very tough sell to just be like yes we all uh, we all don't like her for some unspecified reason also she's totally hot um uh <laughs> right well and and maybe this is maybe this is my age showing just like a little bit but i also feel too like gen z fashion is so like you know, it's like out there and like experimental and kind of like, you know, quote unquote alternative and like whatever that like when I saw her, I was like, damn, she must be the coolest girl in school. And then everyone's like, you weirdo. And I'm like, oh, OK, like maybe, maybe not. But I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm like the queer side of things. But I feel like I'm on TikTok and I see all of these like you know, these Gen Zers, like, and like, I say this with, with much respect, like the shit they're wearing is fucking like out there and incredible. So when I see her like on screen, I'm just like, damn, she must be like the coolest chick at the party. <laughs> and they're like, what's up weirdo. And I'm like, Oh, okay. N- n- never mind. But it's just a very strange sell. And I, I, on the one hand, I kind of respect like not, leaning into stereotypical problematic tropes for a character like this and to be like yeah the unlikable girl can be hot is actually kind of a bold and important statement in some ways but yeah uh, totally but it just felt like they didn't really sell it as a concept and instead it just felt like like why is everyone mean to this very fashionable like person who seems cool um (laughs) It didn't stick I, out much for me because um, I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, so I went to one school until I was in third grade and then my house burned down. So my family, my family moved and I went to a different school district. And once I got there, for I had never had any problems making friends or whatever, but I got there and I just became like... I was like the biggest nerd in school and like people picked on me and like fucked with me and like bullied me and shit, uh, for years and years. Um, and so like at that time I was like, I don't think I'm doing anything. Like, I don't understand. It felt like it was happening for no reason that I just got, you know, here's the thing though. In hindsight, I was like a weird, annoying freak. So like (laughs) it didn't stick out to me too much to me just because like I've had the experience of like, Oh, people just don't like me for no real reason. Uh, that is actually, you know, formed a lot of my (laughs) uh, personality as I've grown anyways. Uh, the point is, is that even n- that again, though, I think is something that you can sell in terms of like, why did all of these people choose her as their target for their meanness? Even right. if it was somewhat coincidental, there's still likely like a story there, you know? Right. Well, and, and it's, it's I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I think it's. She it is one of those things, too, where she, at, at the end of the film, again, spoiler alert, like, they get together, like, Winnie and um, Winnie and Bernie, like, end up dating. So it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, like, the film does have this kind of progressive 
bent. And I know as well that Michael Kennedy as a writer is, um, I believe, I believe he is a gay man. I know he's queer. I'm not exactly sure how he identifies, but like, um, I believe he is a gay man. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things where like, on the one hand, like it has this progressive bent where it's just like, you know, there's like, you know, there's interracial families. Like there's like several queer characters. Like she has gay aunts and like, that's very normalized in this film. So this maybe you don't want to go the route. Yes. This, this movie is quite woke. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you want to go the route of like, she's getting bullied because she's gay. But at the same time, like if you kind of like what we're talking about, how it's like, it's kind of, you can't really put your finger on why no one likes this girl. And it's like, that could almost be an arc for her where it's like, she starts the movie like feeling uncomfortable with all of that. Mm-hmm. And then she ends the movie, like leaning into it and like helping out her friend and falling in love. And that's how she breaks out of this, like, Oh, I'm a weirdo thing. But also the film perhaps rightfully. So also doesn't ever want to get into like homophobia or anything like that. It wants to be just very like right. normalized with all of that. So it is, yeah. it is kind of this weird thing of like, why her? She seems cool. She seems nice. She seems cute. But it's just a curious. It was just a curious thing that, like, it doesn't like vastly undermine my enjoyment of the film, but it did just make me be like, I was like, why are they trying so hard to sell that she's uncool, but not really giving a reason or any proof? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, but anyway, Bernie, because she's weird and uncool is willing to hear out this crazy story of I I wished myself into the universe where I was never born. And, <laughs> She's, um, it takes a little convincing, but like not that much. <laughs> right. She's like, all right, I'm on board. Fuck it. Who do we need to kill? Um, well, and a thing too is like she has, she has the, um, she has the uh, the yarn board, right? She has like the red yarn board about the murders. So when Winnie rolls in and is like, I think I know who did this. She's like, oh, actually, your story makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, it helps yeah. her believe her a little bit because it's well, just that thing of, like, I have all of these thoughts and ideas surrounding these murders. I will say. You seem to know about them. She is a terrible fucking detective. I will say that about Bernie because, like, every single person who was murdered was in some way uh, somebody that benefited uh, Mr. Waters' expanding empire. It's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, that's who's doing it. What? Like, <laughs> but yeah, it, it does form this kind of alliance of convenience where it's like, even if Bernie's a little unsure if she trusts Winnie at first. It's like, well, you you seem to genuinely want to stop the murders. I'm also that's something I'm focused on right now. So, so they go uh, back to uh to Winnie's yeah. family's house, and this was one of the craziest scenes in the movie. Uh, they try to talk to her dad, who is not her dad in this universe, and they try to tell him like, "Look, your boss is the one doing this." He doesn't want to hear that shit. And then also, her mom is like fucking some other guy, and her mom's like in this universe is this like drunk. And they're smoking mess. crack. Everybody's smoking crack. It's so fucked up. A lot and- of crack smoking. In the bad timeline, <laughs> and then, yeah, there is a lot of crack smoking specifically in the in the weird timeline, in the bad timeline. Yeah. Um. So then the dad leaves. I have some mild feelings about that, but we'll I I do as well. I do as well. <laughs> certainly. Hey, it could have been meth. Um. It should have. That meth. is true. It should have been meth. It should have been meth. It should have been meth. Uh. So. After the dad leaves, right away, the killer shows up and he's he kills the mom and the, the dude the mom's fucking and then he tries to kill the the aunt and the two girls, but they he falls down the stairs and they knock him down the stairs, some shit. And then they're like, nah, fuck this. We're we we gotta we gotta unmask this killer. We gotta prove once and for all it's Justin Long, except wait a second. It's the dad in this universe. <sighs> So the girls run out of the they run out of the house and they go to a movie theater where Bernie they, they, works. Wait, I have to briefly mention they have to step over. Oh yeah, that in this scene that's like so contrived. There's a couple of times where she could just kill the killer. Yeah, and she kind of chooses not to, and it's not. This is one of the only other weak points in the movie is there were a few scenes that felt like very performative, like scenes that happen in a slasher movie 
except like the movies. That, it was like a full like, two minutes of them trying to step over this guy's unconscious yeah, body. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm glad you all co- clocked that as well. Cause I was kind of like, like, just, I hate to be hop. that person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate to be that person in the movie of just like, just like, oh, like you could easily just do X, Y, Z. But like, it really felt just like, yeah, like, why are we spending like so much time doing this? number of other choices here, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, step over him, kick the knife away, boom, you're done. Like, then it's a, then at worst case scenario, it's a fist fight. You know what I mean? Like, it's well, just like, that thing of like, it doesn't really, the space of it all doesn't really make a ton of sense why they're taking so much care. And it's like, yeah, just hop. Like, you're on the stairs. Also, your plan is to kill this guy. He's unconscious in front of you. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting right. for? Right. Right, right, yeah. right. It, but, it's just there's just a few times where things like that happen that are a little uh it's a little bit of a speed bump but you know the, they get away they get away they go to this movie theater they're like oh we're gonna set up we're gonna hold we're gonna hang out here um i think at this point bernie and winnie hold hands or something like they're starting no, this was, it was earlier that they hold hands actually. okay okay we, we accidentally skipped over that but they they, they've started to show signs. A that little bit of blossoming. A little bit of blossoming. There. You know? Something's happening there. Uh, uh, <laughs> so in the morning or later that night or something, uh, the the de- the killer comes back to the movie theater and he kills the aunt and um, the her boyfriend and the girl he was cheating on her with who were just dating in this universe, they show up for some reason. Oh, because it's their anniversary. And oh yeah, and they always come here. But also, I want to briefly say while we're talking about them that actually uh, uh, an interesting plot point is that um, their relationship is really good in the mirror universe, and like it's, <laughs> it, you know, it's kind of implying that it's like Winnie and this guy she was dating just like never should have been. What is his name? Robbie. There's too many I E ending names in this movie. Like get Robbie, Bernie, Winnie. That's too much. Danny? Jimmy? Jimmy, that's what it is. Not technically an IE, but it's close enough. Yeah. Uh, Too many many names that sound like that. Uh, uh, I think his name was Robbie. There is a Robbie and a Jimmy. I think, wait, Uh, no, Robbie was the brother, I think. No, Robbie's the boyfriend. Jimmy's the brother. Okay, There's Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, Bernie, Winnie, Henry... Judy, yo, Robbie, Vicky. <laughs> Calm the I think fuck that's down. Eddie and Michael Eddie. Kennedy. And, Michael Ke- I get it. But. And Buck. And Buck. And Buck. <laughs> I like that one. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so like, uh, I, I did kind of like this whole thing of like, by the way, um, I know that you're, uh, you've been, you've, you've been feeling upset about your boyfriend cheating on you with this person, but actually it just would have been better if you never dated. I thought that was kind of like an interesting little thread to weave in. Yeah. Like the, the, just the one good thing about you never being born. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I do, I, I do love that. Um, cause like, you know, so many, uh, so many of the, I don't know, so many plot lines in movies is like, and then if you get the girl and or guy, like that's like the ultimate thing. And I love that, like in, in her journey to be like, you know, to, to fix her reality. It's not, Oh, and here's how you win your boyfriend back. It's just like, Oh, actually like you in the happy ending for all three of them is just like, Oh, you know what? Like let's, let's part ways. Like good on you. You guys are cute together. You guys seem happy. I'm better off without you. And I learned that. And I love that actually, because it also allows her to be gay there at the end, which is great, which we always stand. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, so dad comes in, he stabs the ant, he shuts the lights off, he stabs uh, the two, the couple, and then um, Bernie and what uh, Winnie, they, they, they're trying to run away, and then she kills the dad, <laughs> which like she has in the past 24 hours found out her brother's dead, found out, uh, watched her mom die, and then killed her dad. <laughs> Pretty rough stuff all pretty, the way around. Pretty eventful day for Winnie Carruthers. Uh, and, and she's running out of time because Bernie has created a second mystery board that reveals that all of this is tied to that Aurora Borealis stuff. And when the Aurora goes away, Winnie's just trapped in the bad timeline where she was never born. Um, 
So, uh, which can't be easy from like a social security card perspective. I yeah, you're definitely getting record. you're definitely getting deported under Biden <laughs> or Trump. Okay, like. <laughs> um, oh yeah, to where? Who knows? Um, the uh, ocean. Uh, <laughs> the Pacific garbage patch, probably. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean England? <laughs> no, that's uh, the Atlantic, Kennedy. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Get your oceans straight, okay? Uh, yeah, uh, so, so they run out uh, after they, she's killed the dad, and she's like yelling at wait, the sky. Wait, does Brexit happen in the good timeline or the bad timeline? Uh, wait, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, she kills the dad, and, and she's they go to the the pier and she's like i want to go home but it doesn't she's yelling at the sky it doesn't happen it doesn't uh, work. bernie bernie reveals that she was going to definitely end her own life this christmas uh and that uh uh winnie inspired her to not want to do that uh which is uh actually a pretty touching moment that I is around here that I started to tear up and I just kind of stayed teared up for most of the ending of this movie, which, uh, you know, props. Yeah. Other than the, uh, the climactic, you know, final showdown. So she can't go back because she's still, Justin Long is still walking free and alive in this universe. So she has to go find him. Justin Long, uh, he's giving a town Christmas I don't fucking know what the fuck's going He's on. Doing his naughty or nice list. Yeah. yeah, it's the it's the it's the Christmas tree lighting, which is where the film opens. Yeah, but also, like it's it's a nice fun thing that everyone loves in this unit in in the main universe, and then it's a bunch of mind controlled. He also you know. kills Buck, which I will say we forgot to on talk about stage this. in front of everyone. Yeah, we forgot to talk about this earlier in the original universe. Buck is like mad at Winnie for killing his brother who had just murdered a child. It doesn't really make that much sense. But like Buck's like a miserable piece of shit in the original universe. In this universe, Buck's kind of cool. Buck's a nice guy. That was but, that was strange. Yeah, but he's a cop, though. So do I mean, we, like, is he a nice guy? In in cops can be cops can be nice guys in movies like that because it's not fair real. enough in movies because it's not okay. real yes um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like he was just kind of like a sweet guy it, which was strange it was very out of character I'm like what what about his brother I don't know doesn't whatever Justin Long kills him yeah that that part was a little that was another small plot hole where it was just like. Why is his personality so different in any form before? Because even before, like at the very beginning of the movie, before Justin Long got killed, uh, he was a fucking dick then. Like, I thought that guy was just a dick, but apparently becoming a cop made him nicer. Movies aren't real. Um, (laughs) So uh, Justin Long kills Buck and then Winnie and Bernie, they confront him. And he's, uh, I don't know, they kill him or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's, there's like, you know, speeches and it's dramatic and the whole town's under a spell. And then sh- the girls beat him up and then they kill him or whatever. And then Winnie wakes up in her bed on Christmas they kiss, morning. Don't forget. Oh, they kiss. They do kiss. And, and. And in, in in a very touching moment, uh, Winnie says, you know, something to the effect of, I think I came here to fix your life, not that you came t- into the story to fix mine, basically. Mm. Yeah. And it's very, Which is very cute. cute. So cute. Oh. Oh. Uh, and then, yeah, Winnie wakes up in her bed. It's Christmas morning. Her family is all alive. They love her for some reason again. Um, like a lot has changed. Also, they were like, yeah. Well, no. I did think that there was, I, I did think that the whole thing was believable to some extent of like, they also had a nice gift for her and they were waiting. They were like saving it. Oh, okay, you know? okay. And so it's like, sometimes you just fuck stuff like that up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but it's like, but they're like, we also, we actually, we got you a really nice camera. It's not meaningless, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, oh, I have to go do something. And she runs over to Winnie's house. And then this, this Bernie. was very Bernie's, Bernie's house. house. This was very confusing. She gets to Bernie's house and Bernie apparently appears to remember everything that had happened. I couldn't tell. I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah. 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 That, what? <laughs> How did Bernie I guess remember? just because like, I don't know, maybe because like they were, they were in the Aurora together and they were like smooching while it happened. Maybe she came into our universe, which then like, begs the weird question of like she displaced the other one right right right. like we always we always see in these types of movies you always see a person going into a universe where they've never been born but we've never seen it go the other way where a person from the shit version of the universe like who like started there makes it to the the good universe so it's like does she just merge with her former self does she does she does she displace the other one are there now two bernies running around at the end of the day it doesn't really matter because we get the awesome moment where they kiss at the end which like 11 out of 10 like good for them happy for you kids mazel but like also like it is just that thing of like are there just two of them did she replace the other one like the sequel what are we to doing this here? movie is Bernie from regular universe just wakes up in bad universe. <laughs> yeah. And then kills <laughs> yeah. herself. No, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so it's a it's it's here's the thing. This movie had a happy ending, which is. slasher movies. I was waiting for something to for there to be a twist for like a killer to wake up or something. Right. I really, really was expecting that. And it didn't happen. And honestly, that was kind of cool. Like I that took me by such a surprise. I was sure that there was gonna be something. And yeah, uh, there wasn't. It was just a yeah, happy like ending. In, yeah, in the slasher movie, you're like kind of always ready for like the nightmare on Elm Street ending where it's just like they, they do the whole thing. They beat the bad guy. They tie up all the loose ends. It's great. And then the last shot of the film is like, oh, actually, no, he's still here and he's killing people and like he kills your mom or whatever. Like that's always like <laughs> how so many of these things end. So it was nice that it just like cuts to credits and it's like, oh, nice. A nice, happy, a nice, happy little queer teenage love story horror Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, couple other notes. Uh, I just want to say the aunt's girlfriend or wife, um, is this actress named Cassandra Nod and, Mm -hmm. uh, she's dope. She's in this movie called influencer. Um, she's, she's got this like giant birthmark on her face (coughs) and, uh, I don't know. She's really good. I was, I was so excited whenever she was in this movie. Um, but then she's in the alternate universe, she's been killed. And so she barely is on screen at all, but, um, she's, yeah, she's really only in the movie a little bit, but she's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was, this is a fun movie. This is a good, this is a good Christmas movie. I liked it. I did too. I did too. Yeah. It's fun. Um, a thing that I really enjoy is like, I mean, Michael Kennedy is such like an accolade of scream, which, um, I think is like very apparent from the way that this film just like operates. But also mm-hmm. I love the fact that like, we are now to the point in cinema where, um, in the way that scream like all of Scream's characters, it's like Billy Loomis, right? Like uh, all of these, uh, all of these characters who have names that come from uh, famous classic horror movies. The aunt in this, her name is Gail Prescott, which is just like a double scream, <laughs> a double that. scream whammy. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, I love it. Like we've now come so full circle that Scream has now been thoroughly incorporated into the canon that, like, you know films with real stars that are really being made and distributed are now like chock full of scream homages now what 25 years later um so i will uh, go ahead i want to harken back again to what i said about like how there's kind of this mini movie before the credits roll and it's like we've reached this point of cultural osmosis about what a slasher is that it's like this movie can play with the tropes in a way that in some ways is even more daring than like, you know, what Scream was doing back then, right? Like, it's like the the, the genre continues to evolve forward in this interesting way. Yeah. yeah. Like, not only do you get the... um Because, like, yeah, in Scream, the whole thing is, like, it was such a shock that they kill off Drew Barrymore in the first 10 minutes. Also, spoiler alert for a film that's 24 years old. <laughs> but... um <Whoa! laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then in this it's it. like 
Yeah. And then in this, it's just like, oh, by the way, like the first three murders and the unmasking of the killer and the solving of the initial mystery of the film are all done in the cold open before the title screen, which I thought was really fun because I was kind of watching it and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, like Michael Kennedy, big slasher fan, like really like clearly kind of like playing the hits here with the screenplay. Like, okay, this seems all a little like perfunctory. And then they unmask it. It's exactly who you think it is. And then you're like, and by the way, that's the opening. That's the cold open. I was like, oh, holy shit. I was like, I am in I am in for a very different movie than I thought I was in for. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really cool. I thought it was a really cool thing to pull off. I don't think the movie is like totally perfect or totally successful the entire way through. Kind of like some of the things you're talking about, like the scene where they're like jumping over the killer <laughs> seems a little, it seems a little like like shoehorned in but like overall i definitely would recommend it and say like it's really fun and i am certainly interested to see what michael kennedy does next like i definitely think he's two for two with his features for sure yeah at least on a writing standpoint Ooh, i have an interesting bit of trivia the um the white costume worn by the killer is actually an homage to the original costume that was meant to be worn by ghostface in scream um it was intended they wanted it to be white but then they were like nah it's got to be black to look more evil Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's the shit like Michael Kennedy loves Scream so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was a good time. Um, Also, I will say um, this is, (laughs) this movie got like around 50% in ratings. Like people did not like this movie. Reviewers did not like this movie. It was like, oh, it's like, it's all right. Yeah. that's bullshit. This is a pretty fucking good movie. Like, Fuck here's, you, reviewers. Yeah. Get it together. This is this is given a worst week yet. Like, I will give it a recommended to your friends and not your enemies. That's 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 how we review things. Like, if something is real bad, I love it. We recommend it to our enemies. Um <coughs> I would tell all my friends to watch this and I would tell my enemies, no, it's not worth your time. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think like overall it's like a little uneven and a little like, you know, I feel like when I put I feel like there's more good stuff in here than bad. And um, a thing that I wrote in my letterboxed review, because that's a thing that I do, is (laughs) I... I find... I found myself watching this movie. There were, like, some really cool, exciting, awesome parts that I, like, that really pulled me in, which then made the parts that fell flat, like, feel almost a little worse, you know? Because you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. God damn it. Like, this this movie was just, like, really humming. Like, this thing was just really going on on a wavelength that I really liked. And then when you get to the moments where they don't, like, that don't work so well, you're, like, even a little bit more disappointed. But I think overall... I think if I were to put on my like quote unquote film critic hat and I think there's more to appreciate in this film than there is to be disappointed by, if that makes sense, like from a critical standpoint, like I think if you turn your brain off and just watch this, you're like, oh, that was fun. And then if you're like, let's be hypercritical, I feel like you uncover more fun gems in it than you discover flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are flaws there for sure. But I, I think overall, like. I wouldn't Looking at give it critically, this, it's fun. It's I, more fun than not. I wouldn't yeah. give this movie a hundred, but like it is far above a 50-50. Fuck you. Um definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Was there it's, it's actually pretty, pretty darn good. Would watch again. Um Kennedy was uh, you said that there was like a few things that stuck out to you. Did we cover all of them? No, we covered all missed? of them. Yeah, no, okay, there's nothing yeah. else. There was that there were no other it's not that it's not it's not that big of a deal. It's just like there were a few times that the movie was like this scene's a little goofy and it's taking a long time, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just something like that. And there were other times where it's like, well, you could have developed that more. So then it's always like, that's always a mild frustration that I, 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 I can, you know, that'll stick with me with a movie a little bit is like when I feel like there's scenes that are too long for no reason and other things that weren't developed enough, that always annoys me a tiny bit. But other than that, it's really good. Uh, it's actually a super fun time and a good Christmas movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, uh, right. Maybe some of those critics, though, can we, to play devil's advocate for a second, <laughs> what if some of those critics, you know, all they really have is enemies? <laughs> they live in like a succession type world, you know? <laughs> And so critics are all sociopaths. And, no, and you heard so, it. Yes, they're all the film critics for ATN. So, you know, we <laughs> ask, you know, would you recommend this film to a friend or an enemy? 
like we were saying, uh, uh, maybe some of these critics, since all they really have is enemies, um, they had to write negative reviews so that their enemies wouldn't watch it. <laughs> the critics are gatekeeping. It's a wonderful knife. We fucking solved it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cracked it wide open. Well, hey, this was really fun. Uh, Caroline, thanks for joining us. Why don't you tell our listeners where to find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, you can find so you can find my podcast. Um, it's called How Have You Not Seen? You can stream it wherever you get your podcasts, and we are on all social medias. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say all social medias um, at H-H-Y-N-S pod. So that's how have you not seen go abbreviated. Follow, how have you not seen on Truth Social? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> we're very much on Truth Social. We are on Gab. We're on Parlor. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <no>. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even I know if those like ones Parler's exist anymore. the only one you can really trust personally. Yeah. These um, days. And then you can just find my personal Twitter um, for however long that site is still around for. Um, I'm on there at, uh, it's one of those things where it, it always works in writing and it's kind of hard to say, but it's at Scareline. So it's the word scare, S-C-A-R-E underscore O-line, O-L-I-N-E. So at Scareline on Twitter. I will say. Where I spend most of my time. Until we got onto the Zoom call, I thought it said scare online and I had no idea what your name was. <laughs> ah, no. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So yeah. Anyways, I type this in right. It says this account is suspended. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? What have we done? Uh, well, hey, uh, yeah. Thank you for joining us, patrons. Thank you for for tuning in, spending a little bit of that holiday season with us. And um, we're gonna come back next week, and uh, we're gonna be talking about our top five things. I don't know if it's movies or TV or books or songs or anything. I don't know what it is. We're doing some top five stuff. And, uh, you know, you can find that here on this feed. And in, in the meantime, um, ha- happy, happy holidays. We love you very much. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>